You're listening to Mr. Radio, and I'm your host, Marshall. today's guest as a smooth and charming Americana folk pop artist who puts her whole self into her writing and performances using honest and witty lyrics about heartache and strength paired with catchy melodies. Recently honored by the New Jersey Arts and Music Songwriting Contest for the title track I'm Not That Girl, her roots-inspired sound includes multiple albums as well as her EP I'm Not That Girl and Here I Stand. If you're a fan of Roseanne Cash or Pat Benatar, you're going to be a fan of today's guest. Her latest album, Full Moon Rising, explores finding your way through tough times and explores relationships during those tough times. Produced during the confines of COVID-19, it helped her to stay connected to her friends and community. It is my pleasure to introduce Randy O'Neill to the show. Welcome to the show, Randy. Oh, my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. We opened the show with Treat Me Right, which was a track from your recent album, Full Moon Rising, which deals with being cooped up and isolated during the COVID shutdown, which in turn led you to write one of the tracks which garnered a Best Modern Country Finalist Award for Queen of the Barstool Two-Step. Can you explain how the COVID shutdown influenced this song? At first, I was like a lot of people. I was really anxious. And, you know, a lot of things happened. I didn't have access to things. But then I realized, you know what? I have access to things I didn't have access to before. And I really dug in and went digital. And I connected with a lot of songwriting groups, a lot of song coaches I didn't have access to. Um, And I decided to really use this as a time to, you know, really gain a a stronger digital footprint. And... um, like Queen of the Barstool Two-Step was about, you know, I got, I got dumped right before COVID, uh, right during COVID. And you know what women do? We put on makeup, we go out, and we go into town, we pretend everything is okay. And for COVID, we weren't allowed to do that. So I wrote a song about it, uh, Queen of the Barstool. And I was really proud of that, um, that production. So I really tried to spin it and say, what can I do? I got curious about things rather than saying, okay, I can't do this. I get the impression that during COVID, you became self-taught in how to use technology for this uh, plague that we went through. Yes. Well, and I had some help from modern musicians who uh, really taught me how to market and um, use digital uh, uh, media for musicians' advantages. 
you know, and it really got me access to things that I didn't have, I didn't even know were there. Well, so, I, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's just, you know, a time for exploration. You mentioned uh, modern musicians, and I do have some questions about that, but why don't we take a listen to Queen of the Bar Stool Two-Step first, and uh, do you want to just give a a, a brief introduction again for that? Right. It's, you know, when things aren't going the way you wanted to, ladies, we put on our best jeans, put on some makeup, and we go on to town, and we make everything all right. All right. Listen to Queen of the Barstool Tuesday. Stool Two-Step, performed by my guest, Randy O'Neill, from her recent album, Full Moon Rising. You know, you have a really great backup uh, on that track. Can you tell us who else we're hearing? Um, my, I have great, great uh, uh, backup singers. Um, uh, Luan is, Luan Carter is one, and Jen um, Hudson Foote is the second one. And they're just uh, such a wonderful team. You know, you go in there, and, you're, and they're, you're like, they're like, oh, go a third above that. And they're there. They're just amazing. And I really have learned to incorporate them as another instrument into a lot of my tracks. And when I'm writing now, I'm like, okay, my backup singers are going to do this and this and this. You know, so having such talent on the tracks has really allowed me to explore different things. Now, was Full Moon Rising, was that recorded at the Visionary uh, Music Group studio? Yeah, Tom Joya. Uh, my, he's uh, been with me for three, uh, three albums now, and we're starting a fourth. Um, and it's really great when you have a producer and you find that producer that you could just go to, and there, we have this connection musically, you know. I know he's going to bring life to a lot of my tracks, so. Can you tell me a little more about the studio? It, it's, a, it's a local studio for you? Uh, it is local. He's in River Edge, uh, which is actually close to my job. Um, and I have been hunting for 
uh, producers because I had uh, started my first album out in L.A. with Marty Rifkin and Jen Lynn, um, Linda and Coda were my producers on that. And, you know, I just couldn't go back and forth to L.A., so I started to look locally, and I went through about seven of them before I, I really turned to Tom. And it's all about chemistry. It's like a date. It's a marriage. Because if you don't connect and he doesn't see what I see for the song, it's not going to go anywhere. But if I say, okay, what do you hear here? Oh, that's Fleetwood Mac and this. Oh, great. That's exactly what I hear. So that's the musical chemistry that you need with a good producer. What kind of preparation for, for those of us who have never been in a studio to record? What, what's involved? You, you get up in the morning, you have some coffee, or uh, what, what's a typical studio day like? Um, it depends where we are in the tracks. Right now, I'm pitching him tracks, and um, we're doing what we call pre-production. And what that means is, like, I have a chord progression, I have some lyrics, and he's gonna, we're going to go over it together, and he's going to see if there's a way to do a better build into the pre-chorus and the chorus, things like that. If he, sometimes he might not like a line. You know, he doesn't get it or whatever. So the songs are kind of cleaned up in pre-production. And then we start working. So that's one session. And then we're going to start with the beats and the real heart of the song, and we're going to build it out from there. You have a uh, YouTube video out, and it's... Uh, called It Should Have Been You, and some uh, fan wrote a comment on that and said, great hook, it should have been you. That's my earworm now. How do you, how do you go about creating earworm lyrics? <laughs> um, yeah, and there's an art to that, and your chorus is your main idea for the song. To me, verses build a story. And the story for It Should Have Been You is I was thinking back over the one who got away in high school. If I had my act together and wasn't dating bad boys, like this was the guy I should have been with, right? So I set that stage, and then I kind of have to bring it home with what's this song really about. And it really was about It Should Have Been You. And so that became kind of the hook. So that's what I try to do in the chorus is just bring it home into a few sentences of phrases. You know, I'm working on a song, Don't Tell Mama. And that's, you know, so you build up what's going on in the verses, and that's in the chorus you really drive home what this song is about. And you try to find something catchy to do it. Whenever I have the opportunity to interview an artist, I sometimes turn to what is probably a formulate question like, uh, who influenced your career? And often they respond, it was their family. But your family was a different story. Would, would you mind telling me what your family experience was and the way it influenced you as a musician? Well, I had alcoholic parents. They were, uh, my stepfather was very abusive. And at some point, I turned to um, music as therapy. But I didn't want things to be a downer. I want to inspire. I want to move on. I, I want to rise above. So I turned to female musicians because females in the business, it's really not an easy market for, for women. And so I'm really inspired by, like, the strong female singers, you know, the Pat Benatar, Stevie Nicks, you know, Blondie. I'm looking at Joan Jett, um, Cindy Lauper. Um, and kind of turn to them for inspiration. So then you, you purchased 
guitars with your own money, I take it, and one day they were gone. Yeah, well, no, actually growing up, uh, I, was, I had gotten a guitar, and this is, I think about eighth grade, and I was playing, and I, was, I really enjoyed it, um, I was really good, and one day I came home and they had sold everything, and it wasn't until I think last year during a session, I went, again, virtually I found the New England songwriting retreat. And I was never able to go there before, but during COVID, it was online, and I got there with Ellis Paul and Dan Navarro, and they had given me the prompt pride. And I'm like, pride? I don't have any pride. My parents took my pride. And I'm like, that's the song, Daddy's Pride. Well, why don't we take a listen to Daddy's Pride? Daddy's Pride, performed by my guest, Randy O'Neill, from her recent album, Full Moon Rising. My daddy never taught me pride with a drink in his hand and evil in his eye. My daddy never taught me pride. How did writing these lyrics help you in dealing with the abuse that you suffered from your stepfather? <laughs> um, it really was an ability to let that go, finally. It actually took me a while so I could sing it without crying, actually. But when I did, I was finally able to say, you did find yourself, and you, you are doing things you can be proud of, and you did find your pride. And it really allowed me to come full circle with that and come to terms with who they were. You also started a band, or you joined a band, and you were playing in New York City. And on your YouTube channel, Journey Through Song, you talk about the band, and you also say you joined this band, AMA, Against Medical Advice. What did you mean by that? Um, you know, it was interesting that, you know, I had some therapy during the session, and they were actually advising me against music. And I'm like, are you people crazy? Like, you should be using music to help people. And um, I actually stopped working with that person, and I put the band together, AMA, Against Medical Advice, because to me that was my treatment, you know, going to music, using lyrics, using other people's music, you know, to help me through and help me find who I was and help me find my voice. You seem to uh, pick some topics that are pretty 
uh, intense. For example, your song Little Boy Blue, that was inspired by the tragic story of a young boy who took his own life. How, how did this event come to your attention? Um, I, I actually, uh, I'm a counselor, a youth counselor, and part of my job is I'm, what's on, I'm, I'm part of a team called the flight team. So if there is a crisis at another school, the flight team is called in to help process. So I'm part of a flight team, and there was a, an incident out of school, and it happened to be a fifth-grade student who you know, was new to the country, didn't want to be here, didn't try hard to fit in, and, and it was just really hard for him, and he just you know, went out a window one day. Um, and it was one of the worst interventions I think I've ever gone to. And that is one song I will never play live. I don't know the chords. I, that is just one song that, um, it's just a, a hard song. How does your musical background influence your, your day job? And, and reverse, uh, you just explained how your day job influences your songwriting. But uh, d- does your musical uh, background come into play when you're doing your counseling? Yes and no. I don't go to kids saying, hey, I'm a musician. But what it does allow me to do is enter their world. You know, I stay in touch with the musical community, the, the current artists, and it does help me kind of understand who they are, where they are, and it really does help me relate. It, does keep, it keeps me young, too, you know? Well, that, that, um, that's good for everyone. That is. <laughs> you have another, you have, speaking of, of therapy, uh, you have another feature on your website, and it's called We're in This Together. What, what experiences have you had with this element of your career? I, again, music is just one of those things that brings people together. You know, if you like a song and someone else likes a song, you have something in common, you know, it can be a very powerful, powerful tool when you really find music that you connect with. And we are in it together. So find ways to support each other. Find ways to come together instead of bringing people down. You also have a, uh, a lost but not broken weekly live stream. And it's on your YouTube channel. And you recently discussed indie artists and how, as you put it, little milestones are so important. And when you don't have a machine behind you, you're on your own machine. Or you're, you're on, you are your own machine. What, what did you mean by that? Well, a lot of these the big artists, you know, they have a machine behind them, the record companies that are really driving it. In the artists, we do everything by ourselves. We find our own producers. We find a way to market our material, find our fans, which is a, a big part of being a musician, find our own gigs, you know, um, and there's a lot of moving parts because you have Spotify, you have YouTube videos, you have this, you know, radio stations. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, moving parts. So you really have to learn, like, what's important for you as an artist, how you want to connect with your fans, what medium you want to use, and, and kind of where to focus. But the Internet has been a beautiful tool you can sort of kind of sidestep and do and kind of emulate what the record companies are doing. How do you find the internet different when, for example, when you're doing your your YouTube channel? Uh, what's the difference between that and performing live? Ah, 
Um, you don't hear clapping. You don't, you don't um, feel, you can't feel the audience. Like when you do a live show, there's nothing like, you know, you feel the energy of the, of the audience. You hear them singing along, and it's just a very uh, wonderful experience. You don't have that, or it's harder to, to, to get that from the Internet. Um, and I do live stream weekly. My fan club is the Lost and Up Broken Club. Just, you know, I always put content there. I live stream weekly. Um, I have shows once a month, uh, a, lot of, a lot of free content. And, it's, and that's the way I try to really connect with my audience. Like, you know, if you like my songs, you know, we're, we're communicating back and forth. And that, I find that very rewarding. On one of your recent shows, you had uh, two guests, Rachel Hamer and Samuel Beck. How did you connect with these two musicians? They're also modern musicians. And back in November, we took a retreat where, again, it was a marketing retreat, you know, maximizing emails, um, NFTs, just things like that, keeping current in the industry. And at night, um, Luke, uh, the videographer, said, okay, I'll just shoot some video of everybody. So I did two videos there because I had a lot of musicians to jump in, and I recorded um, Treat Me Right video there. We just, we just crashed a bar and started recording, and they were single-take videos. Same with that one for sidewalks with Rachel and Sam. We just found a sidewalk at the back of the hotel, and we think we walked about a mile like recording that because we were doing things in single-take to make things easier for Luke. Um, so, again, a wonderful group of musicians, the most supportive um, group that I've, you know, I've ever been with. Like, I love, them, I love them all, like my family. Is, modern, is the modern musician community, is that a, a national community, an international community? They're actually international. And if you get on some of their sessions, you can have people from Germany, um, New Zealand, you know, across, and across the United States. You mentioned that while you were there, uh, you did a couple of videos, and one of them was titled Sidewalks. How, how did you come up not only with the song, but, but the video elements included? Well, if you ask me what I missed during COVID, it would be Sidewalks, the adventure, the going out and meeting people, performing. So... To me, Sidewalks is all about kind of movement and going places. So, and the song was I Remember Sidewalks and the people I meet, the places that I go. And it's like the world is waiting for you with Sidewalks. So when I went to do the video, and it was going to be one take, you know, I wanted people joining me on the sidewalk. And so that's where Sam and Rachel came in, and we have our little, little dance moves <laughs> through, the, through the bridge. When you do this live, apparently you have lyric cards that you distribute. Can you tell me about the lyric cards? I love when people sing along, but I understand that people might be seeing me for the first time. So I made these lyric cards, and I hand them out and, you know, teach them the chorus. And I have to tell you, it's going over so big. It's like the most fun part of the show uh, are these lyric cards and people just singing along. So uh, I really, really enjoyed that. You recently performed at the Princeton Performing Arts Center along with bass player Jamie Potter. Was this your first post 
Plague live performance? Host Plague, yes. Yes, and that, Princeton was one of my favorite venues. Oh, they're just a great, uh, supportive group of people. Um, and, and then it goes to a TV show down there. So it's really a great setup that they have. Um, and Jamie's been with me. He toured with me this summer when I released Full Moon Rising. And we did gigs um, all through the fall and winter. Now I'm going back into the studio. So we're going to be performing again probably this summer. And you say you're performing again probably this summer. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your upcoming projects? Well, again, I just started back at the studio. Uh, My first song is Don't Tell Mama. It probably, at this point, it's the title track. That could change as we produce other things. It's such a lot of fun. Um, And that'll be released probably in the fall. I just had a branding session for it with another group of modern musician friends, which means we're setting the tone for the release, new pictures, kind of a look of things, you know, no new logos, you know, everything that goes into releasing an album. And once once this album is released, and if anyone else uh, would like to hear any of your other albums, what's the best way to find your music? Um, Cleverly, I have a a website, randyoneal.com, and Randy's IE, if you use a Y, you get to a baseball player, so you might not want to do that. So Randy with an I-E, uh, O'Neill.com. Um, you can find me on YouTube. Um, I have stations on Spotify, iHeart, Pandora. I'm on all platforms. But if you want to talk to me and, you know, and meet, we meet me, then it's uh, Facebook, The Lost But Not Broken Club. Oh, Marshall, this has been a good interview. I like it when you did your research. There are sometimes I do these interviews and they've never listened to a song. And then their questions are a little, like, off. <laughs> well, the problem with listening to your songs was I've been singing Queen of the Bar to- Barstool <laughs> two-step for the last three weeks. So uh, that does have its drawbacks. <laughs> but they're pleasant hey, problems. Hey, Marshall, there are worse problems to have. Right, right. All right, <laughs> and maybe uh, do you ever perform at any of the local uh, coffee houses in your area? I do. I do. I was just at the Art Cafe in um, Nyack last week, and then I did a brunch out in Asbury the week before that. Now I'm kind of settling down, because I'm in the middle of a move, too. I'm moving back to Pennsylvania, right across the border um, from my mom. She's getting, you know, getting a little bit older. So... um, so right now it's kind of focusing on my moving and getting stuff done in the studio, and then up, um, I'm reaching out now to set up my summer schedule. All right. Well, I hope that one day I will hear you live. Randy O'Neill, I'm so happy you were able to take the time to speak with me, and I hope to hear from you again real soon. And why don't we close the show with Sidewalks? I did. This has been a, such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Skies for hours, the wind can change, and there's a storm. Step firm, it's too shell pass. Stay strong, your dreams will last. The world awaiting and I remember sidewalks. All 
Sinister Radio, and I'm your host, Marshall. This program was written and produced by Marshall. Our theme music was played by Ululation. Mr. Radio is available wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. And don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Mr. Radio. Stay strong.